0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters. Brian McCubbin.
1: Hey, everyone. How's it going?
0: Hey, David Hall. Hello, hello. Donnie Spiker. Good afternoon, everyone. And Greg Hectus. Can you hear me? On the show today, we will review all the new goodness from 2023 Season 3 Build. A new Porsche Super Cup champion is crowned, and we get boosted media's long-term review and final thoughts on the SimiCube Active Pedals.
2: And remember, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all the great topics and products we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. So let's see you there.
3: right into the topics it's build week and this first topic is literally on fire that we have the cadillac v series r gtp so they did end up releasing it as well
2: anybody drive it yet
0: no i didn't buy anything seen some videos of it and that's what we got here we got uh, high quality pictures uh, you know the you gotta love the steering wheel um, you, you want to make sure the wheel is on if you buy this car because it says Cadillac right on it. You know, it's real easy to tell which car you're in uh, when you're in the cockpit. And I just love the style of the wheel of
3: the button layout. I like how the grid looks as well. The front, it actually has a slightly different front than the BMW.
0: Now I may be jumping ahead, but one video I have later in the script, uh, one of our listeners actually drives this car and his, his thoughts were, man, there's a lot of power, a lot of power, uh, compared to, he actually bought all the three new cars and that's what he said about this one. Had a, had a lot of push in it. Um, kind of hard to stop, but boy, when you take
4: off, it goes. Isn't that the definition of all American cars? They can go but can it stop <laughs> and tight?
0: Um, what do they call it? Oversteer?
4: No, I, I forgot to ask this question in chat. Is this car obviously would it rival the same as the BMW then, David? This is, yeah, it's the same class. Okay, yeah, so it will be in the same class of that one. Understeer, Mike.
0: Understeer. Though, okay, see, I don't even know the the difference between the two terms. That's how bad I am. But I well, I understand what he means. He mean when I watch him drive it, he was tight. It was you know, it was hard to turn.
3: Understeer is European for tight.
0: There you go but you know I'm going to call it tight you know cuz here I am
3: definitely a pretty looking car we also have a, a video of it and it's going to be in imsa so they're not putting the lmp3 in obviously they're going to be sticking the the uh, the caddy in there into the imsa and probably the euro series as well the engine definitely has a deep rumble doesn't it naturally aspirated v8 with an electric motor
0: i like he's sitting on the left side of the car and not the right like the uh the other one?
3: I think the BMW sits literally right in the middle. Uh, is it, it's a little bit off
4: to the left. The only one that sits on the right is the LMP1 um, Audi, isn't it? Or is it the Porsche? The,
0: the, the Ligier. Uh, the, I'm talking about the Ligier is on the oh, right, I think.
3: So is the, um, the old radical, Is you also sit on the right in it. Well, then, speaking of Ligier, David. Well, that's what's uh, coming up next. We have a, a tweet from iRacing. Oh, from us. Why? No, we don't. Why is why is that picture showing the uh, the new episode is up? Oh, it's a reply. Well, okay, I see. So it is iRacing. I just gave us some pointers on the new LMP car and more feedback on the pit road hat. So he pointed out that. Well, tell us what he pointed out, Donnie.
2: Yeah, so iRacing Ozzy has given us some pointers on how to pronounce the new LMP3. Uh, great show once again, guys. The new LMP3, it's pronounced, his take is, and I'll, we'll we'll get, take his word for it, Ligier or Ligier. So however you want to let that roll off the tongue. Uh, Liger, you know, for us laymen. But we'll, I'll go with Ligier. That's all I'll uh, try to squeeze it together. But yeah, so anybody give this one a shot
0: yet? No, didn't buy it either, but saw the video. Sitting in the car with the onboard, you can't tell what car it is. I mean, I can't anyway. So I was real happy when we went to the Cadillac and it says Cadillac right there. I'm like, oh, okay, now I know what car he's in. Uh, But that's my first feedback is they need to brand the inside of the car with a brand or something.
2: Yeah, I don't own any of the prototypes. So I think this would be a good progression for me if I wanted to go that route. So I'm kind of happy they... They got the LMP3 into the service. So that'd be a nice car for me to start off on once I go down that route.
0: Now, he, uh, in that video that we have later, he drove this car as well as a Ligier and he uh, liked it. it. It it drove very well. It didn't have the power like the Cadillac, but it turned
3: better. It's because you're not going as fast.
0: <laughs> it is a different uh, class, obviously, an LMP3. Uh, the other feedback that we got from uh, iRacing Aussie was on the. On the pit speed limiter trick, uh, he said no penalty even in IndyCar when you're doing the upshifting uh, back and forth. Uh, He said you can do one mile an hour over manually also with no penalty. So that was the, remember in that video last week, that was the third thing the guy tried was he did it without the limiter and he just pushed it right up to the limit. But uh, what iRacing Aussie is in confirming here is it's one mile an hour over, you can push it.
3: I think, though, the the current question still is, is that considered an exploit or not? The game's not giving you a penalty, but does it count as an exploit or not?
0: I don't think so. I think it's uh, experience.
4: I mean, we're all there to be able to try it, right? We can all try it just if we get caught.
0: It's about if you have the knowledge to do it, you know, kind of thing. But I mean, but look at it from a different aspect. Uh, remember a year ago, the grass, uh, problem at spa, uh, mm-hmm. where they were going down the straight in the grass to cool the tires, um, every single lap. And, you know, that ended up being, you know, not cool at all, but I mean, that's kind of in the same vein, right? You, you find something that's a little weird and you do it.
3: And didn't some of those guys ended up suspended.
0: Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, can you get suspended from doing this uh, on pit road? I don't think you can. I mean, uh, because the, the pit road limiter or being I mean, pit road speed thing is all the automated uh, penalty, right? So if it's either a yes, no penalty, right?
3: It's also a tiny advantage. You're talking, especially when you're doing, uh, most of the time this is happening in with no cautions.
0: I think for me personally, I wouldn't do it. The reason is is during a road course race this is that one break in the action where I can breathe my heart relax a little bit maybe grab reach down and get a drink you know out of my my cup uh I don't want to be monkeying around first second first second first second or, or trying to you know hold it one mile an hour over and almost get penalized or get penalized you know I'm not going to take the risk
2: yeah I'm not I'm not good enough on the road to for it to matter. So I'll take my pit limiter and enjoy the break. Like Mike's talking about,
3: you lose five times as much time. If you get one slowdown at, at Le mom.
0: Yeah. So you're not, you know, your point, David, it's not a lot where you're talking about a 10th, a two tenths.
3: All right, Brian, how about uh, Garrett Maynes getting him a new real ride? Yeah, this is a, uh a tweet from uh, Garrett
1: Mains and it was uh, pretty interesting he's he said I uh, never thought I'd have a NASCAR cup in in the garage yet alone one with my name on it i can thank Scott at MCU body and i can't thank Scott at MCU body enough more to come so it's uh, actually a, a number 12 car a cup car um, but uh, it's got uh, Garrett Mains names on the uh, on the uh, it was an a frame right above the uh, window um, and on the front front of the uh, windshield, just like a just like a real uh, just like his real car would be in real life. Um, pretty cool that he got that on there. I'm not sure where the car came from. I didn't really get all that information from the tweet um, or, or what it's being used for. But uh, it's still pretty cool. So did
2: he buy a old Gen 6 car and then wrap it with his paint scheme? Because uh, I'm not finding out why he has it wrapped with his paint scheme.
0: No. Haven't figured it out yet. Um, I'm kind of wondering if this is going to turn into a real ride. Like, is this the first sign of it? But I, I've been watching his feed, and I don't see anything that indicates uh, anything really. So I thought we would bring it up. You know, he does put the hashtag sim to reality uh, in the tweet. So obviously uh, he's looking to get an opportunity. And boy, if it's in a cup car, that's pretty cool because that's what it is. It is a like Donnie said, a Gen six.
2: I'm thinking maybe ARC. It Almost looks trimmed out for Arc. I'm looking at the spoiler in the back, uh, but obviously it doesn't have the Menards wrap or painting on it. But uh, yeah, I'm curious. Curious what this is.
0: Can you tell by the the, the little stickers in front of the twelve behind the front wheel? Because doesn't NASCAR have like certain ones that you put there every time? Yeah,
2: they'll have NASCAR stickers there, but they have it has the E Series uh, sticker and the Coca-Cola iRacing sticker. So they're his. It's his own wrap he designed. Uh, but I'm just. I'm just curious about it. Like w- why did it, unless he just bought a cup car to buy one. Cause I heard they weren't terribly priced if you had money. Um, but yeah, I
3: don't know. All right. This one, next one makes me a little sad, Donnie, but, uh, we've got a, a new Detroit maybe. <clears throat> Yeah, I
2: haven't actually um, purchased Belle Isle on the service, but Indy driver Santino Ferrucci hopes the newly designed Detroit street circuit lives up to the exciting racing that the nearby Belle Isle track produced. Will I Racing be far behind the scan? So per Autosport, a tweet for them, it looks like a quote from Ferrucci saying, this is actually a pretty wide street course. Believe it or not, this is going to be really fast. Uh, Santino Ferrucci hopes the new street circuit lives up to the excitement. Uh, It's funny, I I got to watch a lot of the race on Sunday, and it did look bumpy. It looked exciting. Um, To take it back to NASCAR, I drove the street course in Chicago last night for the first time. And they've got two particular corners at the end of long straights there that are super tight. And now this is the first time I've actually been worried about the race in Chicago. But uh, yeah,
4: Detroit wasn't too bad. The Belle Isle was probably one of the better street courses on here, I think. Bell was always fun in the GT3s and IMSA series when they went there, and the IndyCars were fun, too. Um, I don't do they scan a track like this uh, if it's not something that it looks like, obviously, only IndyCar is going to it. Does iRacing scan something if we're not using it for its intended purpose? I doubt it unless they're there for years to
2: come. But if this is a one and done or two and done, I don't think they scan it.
4: Especially if it's only IndyCar. Well, and I think they're staying there for years to come. They'll be racing there. But like I said, who knows how long that contract for uh, the monster has for um, the IndyCar series. But I just just don't see us getting a, a street course for only being open for a weekend to get it scanned too, right? Yeah, it'd be hard. I think IMSA was there. I think the
2: Michelin Pilot Challenge was there. Yeah, the Pilot Challenge was there. So they had other things in Indy there, but not probably enough to get the scanning crew out there. Like you're saying, they have to probably get out there weeks before the event happens to to get it scanned and then to redo all the artwork. But I thought they could scan I, it quicker now because can they just do it during some downtime during the weekend?
0: My thought is with the cold relationship with IndyCar and iRacing, uh, and that kind of thing, and the loss of the IndyCar, the Indy 500 license, and whatnot. I mean, I don't see iRacing going out of their way to to scan this track, like you said. um There won't be won't any be demand invited, for right, it within uh, our service.
4: You're, you're talking about not getting. They, they wouldn't be probably invited at all to the weekend. Even that,
0: I mean, but but even so, if let's say they do, and then they put it up for sale next season, or whatever. Who's going to buy it? It's not like everyone's running indie car right now.
4: Well, this goes with another topic that someone was trying to bring up in here too. We're going to talk to you about it in a little bit. I don't know if it's next or whatever, Mike, about the cart series. Right. But um, I don't know. Is that topic the next one? No, we got to. It's. It's a. Should we skip ahead to that one since it kind of flows into sure. this one? Well, I'll take it then. So, uh, Alex, uh, how do you pronounce this? Alex. Uh, where it is his last name? Why did I lose it here? Um, anyways, Alex Slabulvics, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, uh, asked in the forums for a poll for the Legacy Kart car, which uh, if I racing would scan it in the next year or so or whatever. And I guess I was reading through it. I I, I don't believe they're gonna put any energy into an open wheel series on the IndyCar path side. Because um, it sounded like someone in there also pointed out that IndyCar owns all anything that has to do with CART and all the uh, uh, open wheel racing in the US type way that, or whatever it's under the licensing.
0: So they inherited that heritage, so to speak, of CART. That was part of the, the merger deal, I think, as far as I know. Um, so, again, I mean, I don't. I, Uh, this was a neat poll. I mean, I love the legacy carts uh, era back, um, you know, when uh, you had uh, Greg Moore and all these guys running like crazy in these turbo cars and they go to Texas and black out because they're going so fast and what a beast car it is. And, And I would love to have it in the service, but I think realistically, it's not an active car anymore. It was only active for a handful of years and it's part of the indie legacy. And for the same reason we just talked about uh, with the cold relationship, I don't think that this is on the horizon. So uh, there is a poll in the forums, uh, 71 votes voted no, which ended up being 68% said, no, it won't happen.
2: And you guys mentioned them spending time with the American open wheel ladder. And that makes sense because they just got with FIA last week and they're probably going to start developing something on that realm um, probably spent a lot of their time doing that.
0: Well,
4: right. The other thing, is on the past, right? Um, Mike, I don't know if you see, whenever I think of Cart, I think of uh, I think of the movie Driven. I don't know why, I just always think of Sylvester Stallone. And well, Br- it was
0: driven. Cart during that movie. I mean, they were Cart during that movie,
4: yeah. The Target car and the Motorola car, like the two iconic cars from that 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 era.
0: What I remember right at the end of CART was AJ Allmendinger, the the next star on the horizon in the Blue Player's car. I mean, he was hot and coming. I think he even won a race or two before it all went south.
2: Leave that one alone, Tony.
1: So if if they were passing out, um, you know, in the corners at Texas, you know, would they sim that, you know, like if you play these fighters, play some games, if you pull too many G's, the, uh, the, uh, your POV gets narrowed as you're, uh, as you start to lose consciousness, they should do that. If they're going to do a, a high, high bank turn where, uh, where the G forces could, uh, lay, lay you unconscious.
0: Well, I was thinking when that happened in Texas, I was thinking in my head, these guys need these fighter pilot, uh, jumpsuits that yeah, those are, are called G suits, yeah. yeah. They compress your body, uh, with pockets of air or pillows or however they do it, and it keeps your blood, you know, in, in where it needs to be in your body. You know,
3: it's crazy. I think that is a lot of machinery that takes a lot of weight. All right, we jumped a little out of order, but that's okay because those two topics were really related. Uh, we do have a quick hit on the Porsche 911 GT3 R 992 spec. Uh, another Beetle. Another Porsche, basically. Beetle. Uh, another Beetle. Why would you call it a Beetle? That's where it originated from. Is the Beetle? It's got those headlights. I, if I hear Beetle, I think Volkswagen. I'm thinking a different brand. So that that completely throws me. They're one in the same. Yeah. Wasn't it?
4: Is it Ferdinand Porsche that created the Beetle? Is that what it was? Or
3: no. If you, if you stare, I'm hammered I, if I guess got if that you wrong. If you stare long enough, I suppose it's it it could almost be like a bumblebee shaped car, maybe if it was yellow and you stared long enough because it is kind of short and tall. But it, it's the, it's replacing the GT3 on in the uh, in this in the system, and we got it's got we've got oh, the video. <laughs> I so should probably, not so, have researched that. So he was wrong. Nope.
4: Oh. Uh, the Beetle was merely uh, a brainchild of Ferdinand Porsche and Adolf Hitler.
0: Now, in the forums about this new car, I mean, to, to me, it just looks like all these Porsches look identical. I, I can't tell them apart. But to the discerning eye, there are key differences. Uh, Staff member Chris Yancher posted in the forums, the new uh, Porsche 911 GT3R992 is significantly different than the outgoing GT3R991. We have much better information to develop develop this model this time. We also had direct input from some top-level teams currently racing the car.
4: Do you, you do realize every porsche salesman says that about every porsche model that comes out into the showroom at their thing too it is completely different every year but yet it still looks the same
2: so I, I bought the mercedes gt3 maybe the day this came out um and i don't know what was wrong with my brain but when they announced this i i got upset because i was like damn it did i just buy a car that's dying but then i realized it's not even the same maker model or anything <laughs> just, that i bought
4: they're just updating the fields, right? It looks like we're going to have a very, by the time, maybe by next year, we'll have a, an IMSA, a full IMSA field or closer to it. Now
0: I can't find the comment, but I think it was Christian Schaliner talking about this car saying the weight distribution is much different, um, much more centered um, or than the old car. And then I think the, the length of the axle, what do you call that? How wide the the car is, that's different too. So it, it drives completely different and better.
3: Uh, just the, looking at the thumbnail, it just looks kind of more compact to me than than the old one did.
1: Well, maybe the, that's the wider wheelbase make it look look a little squat down a little lower looking.
3: Does this does this uh, legacy like
4: any of the other Porsches?
3: Yes, it's replacing the LGT three. Okay,
4: so I can like see that one
0: out. And they did the thing: if you bought it within a certain amount of time, you get half credit, and this and that.
4: Now, just because we were talking about this, someone mentioned what's the next car we think that will come to the to join the Cadillac and the BMW and the uh, top uh, Lamas part or the IMSA series. I, I believe it'll be the Porsche. Um, whatever whatever class that is the porsche version of those cars will probably be the next one that they'll probably get scanned quickly
3: the only thing is do they go to 10 cars in the class
4: i feel like they want to go as far as they can they're just they've they pumped out a lot of cars this this time for for the road racing section
3: all right well while we're talking porsche brian let's talk porsche supercut finale
1: that's right. So, uh, this past weekend was the season finale, the series finale, um, for the, uh, 2023 Porsche tag Hoyer super cup series. Uh, they were at the virtual Monza track and Gustavo Ariel took, uh, this his second feature win of the season, uh, holding off Charlie Collins and Diogo Pinto, who, um, was last year's series champion, f- um, for the top three finishers, uh, But the series championship was wrapped up really by Jordan Caruso, who did have a decent lead coming into this final, uh, final race. Um, he, he wound up finishing with a 70 point lead over Sebastian job, who finished second and really just squeaked out that second by one point over Zach Campbell for, um, for that, uh, second place spot. So series is over. It's a brand new champion. First time for Jordan to, uh, to win this series. Uh, so congratulations to him. And, uh, we'll be back again next year, I guess for, uh, the next season. Um, I'm assuming this is going to go on. I don't see any, any reason why they would uh, discontinue this series in favor of a, uh, a road uh, open wheel series, even though that uh, I think we're coming out with another one with the jet car. Right. So, um, yeah. so yeah. So uh, I think the Porsche will be back I th- and I still think it's going to be their, um, their road racing um, top series. Uh, for, for the for this for the uh, sim so uh, we'll be back next year and uh, see how they do. Um, Sebastian Job is second place. again, he was a uh, just uh, just had too much bad luck throughout the season really. Um, Jordan Caruso was very solid all year, very consistent and, and you know that's what we see in these championships, especially with the um, inversion, that uh, consistency and staying out of trouble. Typically uh, wins you a championship, you know, if you got the speed like Jordan did.
0: Pretty Cool.
3: All right. Congratulations to the guy. And uh, thanks for that update, Brian. <laughs> All right, boys, it's that time. It's that time to talk update build this field. Season three features the Cadillac GTP car, the Porsche 922. We've already talked about Ligier. we I've talked a little bit about that one. Motorland, Aragon, Willow Springs, Chicago Street, Force, uh, street course, dirt, refresh, AI racing, new damage model for a few cars and a lot of feature updates. So we're just going to kind of go around Robin and and work our way down the, the patch notes
0: tons of ai uh added 24 track configurations are added to ai and then the dirt uh refresh that um, we've been talking about for quite some time has been done i actually ran a dirt race today to see if i felt anything different i really didn't to be honest (laughs) but i'm not a dirt guy
3: it's probably going to be effects that happen over the course of a race as well rather than just one lap
1: yeah, that'll be real interesting for some of the uh, you know the big late model series championships and the uh, sprint car um, NOS Energy championships that they have going on in the sim. See if uh, see if it mixes up some of those uh, drivers. Um, if you remember last year, um, the late model series was just dominated by by um, the one driver um, Evan C. So maybe maybe this will um, kind of. Sp- restart everything on dirt where where uh people have a little bit better uh, opportunity to 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 win some races and and mix it up for the championship
0: uh, windows 8.1 no longer supported
2: so i hear that some tracks, of the
0: other <laughs> that tracks
2: in the ui are now sorted by city state province uh in our country identified by not necessarily sorted
3: yeah mine are still in alphabetical order is it a filter? I think it's just information that's added in, uh, in the description. You probably can filter it
2: that way. Yeah, track location, it's another drop
3: down.
0: Short parade laps at certain tracks. <laughs> Road America needs one.
2: So how do you guys feel about that, honestly, the, the parade laps? Do you guys want a full parade lap regardless of
4: where you're at, except for the Nürburgring, or do you, would you like to see shorter ones? I like the short ones i don't think any track needs a long a long one you just don't need
3: it because we're not warming up tires right well there's a small there's a place where you at least need enough distance in multi-class racing to get to get your gaps um there's a couple that even that the starting position even the normal starting position because it uses it only has a short start there's no gap and so the the gts end up doing a standing start literally Talladega
0: is the oval on the list um one of them and and so that's interesting to cuz that's always a pretty long uh, parade lap.
4: Yeah, Daytona too as well. I I don't understand why they needed any of the ovals to be like I guess Pocono, Talladega and Daytona are the three ovals you'd really want a parade lap or like a short one on but in the oval series have we ever really complained that the start is too long? Usually it's I, to get your bearings going. because nah, those guys,
2: yeah, those guys starting in 36th place, I mean, at some tracks, it's a struggle for them to get lined up properly and and go. So, yeah, the big, big tracks,
3: the two and a half milers, you could probably shorten that up a tad, maybe. I'm not, I don't think so, really, because Talladega is sh- still short compared to driving all the way around Road America.
4: Well, and you get, and when the first person leaves pit road, by the time you get to the last person, they're probably middle of the backstretch when they all finally catch up.
2: Yeah, and, that, and and thinking about getting ready and being ready, So I actually like that Parade Lab now that I think about it. Um, it gives you a time to settle in, get yourself focused. Uh, there are some tracks that are already shortened, and sometimes I think Spa is shortened. I don't think we go full up around Spa. But, um, but, yeah, sometimes I want that time to just acclimate myself to what's going on, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. How
0: about about uh, Spotter has been updated quite a bit. They've added a bunch of new spotter calls. Um, They saw. I experienced these in Sonoma quite a bit. They were kept calling out lap times, like whoever got the fastest lap would be called out. Occasionally the leader would be, they would give me the lap time of the leader.
4: On an oval, I think that's going to get really annoying. It was one thing on a road course, but if you're doing that every lap, calling out who ran the fastest lap. Now,
0: in the options, you can actually map a button now called Hush or Silence, where you can silence the spotter with a button.
2: Now, is
3: this silence the spotter from doing his job of clearing left and right?
0: Did I don't you, know. It doesn't you say. Don't
3: want most of those features set your chattis, chattiness to low, and he'll <laughs> mostly just spot for you. Title idea, Hush Spotter.
0: Okay. Graphically, uh, there's a new option, Hide Cockpit Obstructions. Now, uh, the biggest question in week 13 that I've seen in social media is how do I hide the, the post down the middle in my indie car where it used to, I can't find it. Well, they used to put it in the setup. You'd have to go like you're changing your setup and check mark a box. Now that's gone and you have to go to graphics and there's a overall graphical switch basically, uh, that'll affect all cars. And I did put mine on hide all. but have yet to experience it actually working because I haven't gotten the right car.
2: (laughs) I'm curious about the A-pillar. Is it going to remove both sides? And what's your view going to see? It's going to be weird at first not having that giant thing blocking your view.
0: Well, maybe I turned it on wrong, but it didn't turn off the A-pillar for me.
2: And and the A-pillar is not as obstructive as as,
3: uh, Halo is.
2: No, it's not. The only time I really have a problem with the A pillar is maybe Bristol is looking kind of looking high up on the banking for any um, cars that might shouldn't be there. But yeah, you're right. A pillar is not really a problem, just that uh, maybe one or two tracks I find it.
4: Bristol, the roof is more of a Yeah, roof is bad too. The owners the roof.
3: Have you noticed the the load times being any faster? Uh, Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, for sure.
4: I was, I didn't into a room with with less, less than a minute in. How
0: about? audio hot swap is now supported in sim like if you can plug and unplug your headset and it will auto recognize it it'll use the windows default etc
4: you mean it won't go disconnect and then you have to restart the whole sim anymore well i think that's
0: what they're talking about but but what they really mean is hot swap. you just you're in sim and you're like oh i'm going to plug my headphones in right now
3: yeah you know not you don't have to, I've never had to restart Windows whenever the sound settings got got off or the headphone got unplugged or anything. But um anytime there's a Windows update, I've always had, it's always changed the audio settings and thinks it's a different device for some reason. So I'm wondering if it will help with that, even though that problem has spread even to TeamSpeak a few times. Yeah, we have to fix Tom's TeamSpeak.
0: Um, text chat in SIM is a little bit different. There's options to where you PM the team. So for multi, uh, you know, team racing, um, you can type out something with a certain command and, and PM everybody in the team at once.
4: It seems odd for so, so many different programs to be able to chat chat wise doing it over text. But I mean, there is someone on the team that might be only able to text people while racing in some... spotters. This doesn't. Protrude. David's got about five months until this means something to him.
0: Okay, so force feedback. Um, there are a bunch of changes to force feedback, trying to slow down the max, in, you know, force when you hit a wall and and that kind of stuff. Um, the biggest thing is, you know, I normally go to F nine. I run a few laps and then the auto button comes up and I hit it and it marks where it should be. Now you can just run a few laps and do a control A. Control A will do the same thing. Now, I was a little dismayed though that when I tried that today uh, at Sonoma that it put me at 35 uh, Newton meters instead of the normal 25.4. So the calculation that it's doing is very conservative, and I had to manually bump it back down to 25.4 to get it to where I like it. And so I was a little disappointed. Is that just a a fluke, or is that how David Tucker wrote this thing to be more uh, soft, I guess? I don't know. So more to come on that. I'm still trying to figure out everything he's done to the force feedback.
3: That hits most of the highlight options. There's a few changes to the AI. Nothing in there looks really exciting. or or, I mean, not the AI, the UI, right? Except, uh, interestingly, McConey's setup shop has been added to the paint shop.
0: As what, a sponsor for cars? Yeah,
3: Yeah, you can add them to a car now. Good for them.
0: We got updated next-gen artwork for spoiler packages on all the correct cars, on on all the correct uh, tracks. Even dirt diffuser on the dirt track.
4: Before we got to that one too, Mike, I guess on the roadside, I guess we did cover this kind of, but so they did make a, it's called a GTP class for the BMW hybrid and the Cadillac, the new Cadillac. And um, what's this GT one series? What are they part of? Is that their own series? GT one are the old,
3: um, they're, they're a leg not legacy historical gt cars okay you know and to my
0: disappointment gen 4 man i was hoping for gen 4 updates uh like big ones or something different than what we have run this last season now it does have some updates but it says arca menards chevy slash gen 4 cup because it is the same car it says all, a new damage model uh, tuning pass has been completed with lower brake limits, fix an issue with the UI model for this car missing ducks and set up. Back, for back updated. To, duck. No, to duck.
3: So, in the, one of the things they're talking about in the simulation section is dynamic track. They have improved or the way that the uh, dynamic track algorithm is calculating on surfaces, and particularly on the outside of track edges. That would be interesting. They also say they, they've generated, the way they're generating race splits on car classes has been improved. I'm curious, I, w- I, w- I would love to have had more details on that. <laughs> That's all it says is improved? Yeah. Well, a suggestion I've had for a while is if you have a... Say a GT, say you get split into two splits and you have a GT field of 3000 as the strength of field, and you have an LMP or a GTP field of 1000. Put that, put those GTs or put those DTs in the second split if none of them are, are really a top split driver. But I don't, I don't know if they did something like that or not. Could, in the in the old old days, if there was five, they would put three in one race and two in the other. But now they they try to keep a minimum size for each class.
0: So I don't want to discount the dirt side of this. I mean, as I roll through this list and look at the dirt cars, there are so many changes to dirt. I mean, it's a complete overhaul. Uh, one thing I heard from one person was the uh, dirt truck. Pro 2 is actually drivable now. It's got a bunch of bottom-end, low-end torque now and it's like way raceable. And so I haven't tried that yet but that's on my list.
3: Well, we did go on a deep dive when the article about Dirt came out. right? There was a right. dev blog on it. So we dive, we dove into it really deep. And I think you know we we don't spend that much time on dirt but the good news about this is a lot of what's gone into this is is coming to the pavement side next
1: and as far as uh, track conditions changing it probably has a lot to do with the rain effects too
2: yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm scrolling down i'm a little bit ahead but it looks like for Daytona and Talladega the pace car speed has been bumped to 70 did you guys find that to be an issue when you were racing this this past time with uh, the new uh, start zone protocol,
0: no, but faster is better at that track, so I like that.
2: Yeah, I think we we're doing fifty-five when that restart zone first came out, and it was brutal. Everybody was getting black-flagged, especially Talladega. That's a long ways to long ways to go. So they so they up the pace
4: speed, and then they made the track made it a short track.
2: Yeah, pace. Yeah, don't qualify last going to Talladega.
0: How about, uh, AI is available at Irwindale figure eight.
2: Have you guys done the figure eight racing? I, this was my first oh, yeah. time doing it this week and I, I could not stop having fun. Some people took it a little too serious in there. It was just fun. But, uh, I think I got a P four and a P two out of it, but man, I just enjoyed the entire damn time. I, I don't know. It's only a 13 week thing, but it was exciting.
0: Well, I'm glad you bring that up, Donnie. I mean, iRacing, there's there's a time to be serious when you're racing and there's a time to have fun. I mean, this week, week 13 is a great time to try stuff like that. Have fun. I mean, going like I spend time in hosted sometimes uh, every time, every week, and we have a lot of fun in there. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than serious racing. When you do these figure eight stuff, I mean, that's when triples count. Boy, you see them coming. You try to time it just right so you don't get hit. It's awesome.
2: You know, a lot of guys brought up in the in the rooms I was in. A lot of them were first timers like I was, but they said, "How come this couldn't be a an every week thing?" Um, Week 13, just on you know some of them, not all all the the races they got going on. But I get why they have it because there's a lot of downtime and they need to fill it with something. But I I just had a lot of fun. I can't believe I went three years before I tried it. I watched my first figure eight race in person at Irwindale a couple months ago, and just sitting in the stands watching that crap was was
3: exciting and nerve wracking at the same time. I can tell you why it would be really hard to do this as a a regular season thing, regular official racing. It's one of the only places where you could legitimately intentionally wreck somebody.
4: Yeah. And not be proven otherwise. Um, Mike, one of the things that we passed here, the Chicago street course got the updated version of what the NASCAR is actually going to race on now too since it's set in stone now so that they have the actual modeling right now for it. i don't know how much that differed from the original scan or not scan that they did but rendering they did but it it has been updated yeah i'm not sure but i did run it
2: last night and it's not too difficult to get around i mean it's 90 degree corners but uh man two of them specifically are super tight and so i'm very curious how it's going to go but uh, that might be a I don't know either. Qualify in the poll or qualify in the back, and just—I don't know how that one's going to go. It's going to be probably a how we all expect it.
4: Well,
0: I want it done.
4: I wonder if it. it I wonder if uh, anything's going to get taken away from it and the uh, the rendering because of the pieces that were stolen from the uh, job site the other day. Yeah, just control what C and control
3: X. <laughs> If you have particles turned on, do you see the bullets flying everywhere? Oh god,
2: you don't because you're <laughs> in a different part of town,
4: unfortunately. Uh, do I get prostitutes as my pit crew? Oh,
3: poor Chicago.
4: <laughs> Sorry.
3: All right. Um, a, a quick hit. The new damage model went to nine different cars. I'm not going to read them all out, but the kind of the highlight for our field is the uh, truck series. The cup car
4: destroys itself more now
3: too. It wasn't
4: on there. They said there's some changes to the rendering of stuff with it. But it definitely destroys itself when you wreck it hard now.
3: So 3D foliage. All right. I know an old Extinct podcast loved talking about grass all the time, saying that they want better grass in iRacing. And now they're getting it. Yeah it looks like just Willow Springs in the beginning. Um but it'll come out to future
2: tracks as we go. So I'm curious how it goes. Um, I was thinking how much of a difference it's going to make, but then I was racing um, Sonoma last night and I thought, oh, it
4: could look better. Well, it'd be weird if they had, if they actually had what Sonoma looked like two months from now compared to what it looks like now, it would be two
2: different tracks. Yeah, two months from now will still be brown, but uh, two months ago it'd
4: be super green. Oh, sorry. I had it wrong. I had it backwards. Yeah, you're right.
2: But it's just that topography of that region of the state where it's rolling golden hills and oak trees and vineyards, especially where this track's located. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess growing up there for 15, 20 years, I, I got used to the brown. So whenever I hear people talk about the green, it just would look so odd seeing the, the race with the green hills, but probably good at the same time.
0: Wait, you just gave me a crazy idea. So like if we do a hosted session at Sonoma and we pick a different date to have the race on, should we see green instead of brown?
2: That'll probably come when the rain comes. What? Okay.
4: that then, then if we do the uh, Detroit Belle Isle, if we pick in January, do we get the trace of the snow? That would be cool.
0: <laughs> Ice racing.
2: Let's start with rain. Maybe some drizzle. All
3: right. Have you looked down in the, the car section? That's that's where I've, I am in my scrolling now. A lot of minor updates. We did. We already talked about the graphics changes on the Cup car. Oh, here's here is a note. They they made some changes to the brakes on the uh, BMW hybrid, and it. Uh, my racing teammates that ran Le Mans with me say it. They like it much better. They feel better under the braking. Anybody want to talk about Motorland?
0: A track I'll never buy
3: in Spain. I'll probably have to get it if IMSA goes there. What about Willow Springs? Yeah, Willow Springs is exciting. I bought a bunch of crap a couple weeks ago,
2: but I'm so, I don't know where my head goes. I went to go on it last night to jump in. I thought I had bought it, but I haven't bought it yet. But no, it'll definitely be a purchase this weekend. Uh, yeah, just try getting to drive around it, driving by it all the time. It's uh, going to be interesting to see how accurate the background and the surroundings are. But uh, it's going to be a nice, I don't know what the racing will necessarily be like and what kind of cars they take there. There's a lot of sweeping turns and and like everybody's saying, there's not a lot of brake markers. So you really got to practice the track and know the track. But um, yeah, it only has the one configuration right now and there's seven total that they can do. I don't know how much they scanned when they went out there.
0: So that track has the graphical updates uh, and the new foliage system and all that. So I'm curious how it looks or does it look better than the other tracks?
2: And I'm also curious what it does to the, to the performance of your card, if a uh, graphic card, if anything changes, I'm not hearing any complaints from some of
3: the YouTubers about it changing much. All right. Well, that kind of covers the update next up. We have, um, an update about the new official Le Mans game f- for WEC. And it's called Le Mans or Le Mans Ultimate.
0: Yeah, PC based. It uh, was uh, announced or released or announced over the weekend here at the Le Mans race. And, uh, yeah, this is what Motorsports Games has been working on, folks, while everyone's waiting for the NASCAR update, and while everyone's waiting for the IndyCar game, while everyone's waiting for uh, all these other games that are uh, just, you know, smoke and mirrors. Yeah, this is the game they actually were working on, and it's called Le Mans Ultimate.
3: So it is just Motorsports Game rebranding.
0: This is what they paid for. The, I mean, when... When motorsports games uh, took over the Le Mans license, it was not only to run that competition that they ran earlier in the year, the virtual Le Mans, but it was for this. It was to put out a game, and this is it.
4: So, do they call their name a different name? The Studio Three Nine Seven. Is that what is that what considered what it is then now?
0: Well, it's a good question. Because um, that's what the same saying thing. The I don't know. Three Nine Studio. Yeah, if you go so maybe to, I'm confused.
2: No, if you go down to the bottom of the, the page, you've got Studio 397 Motorsport Games, and then the 24 Hours and WEC. So, Motorsports Games still has their their logo on the property here. Because I it's wonder if factor they shoved
4: it. it's who okay. developed our, our, our factor two.
2: Yeah, is it Motorsport Games just a de, not a developer, but a distributor as well? Maybe that's their part of this, and Studio 397 developed it.
0: Right, like they farmed it out because they can't actually put out their own software, so they had to hire somebody else to do it.
2: But it's not what for sale or machine yet, so it's so, probably going to be delayed
0: past the end of this year if they've got Q4 on it. Quarter four, 2023.
4: So yeah, we'll uh...
0: quarter four. So what are they showing this weekend? Something they hobbled together?
4: It was. It looked like it was one car. And they were able to drive Le Mans, but it's supposed to be the official endurance series game. Like it's supposed to be it sounds like it's supposed to have more tracks and stuff too. Well, per steam, the developer
2: and publisher Studio 397. So yeah, I'm curious. We gotta keep tabs on the stuff if this stuff really actually comes out.
1: So just doing a little research here, uh Studio Three 397 is named after the 397 laps done by the Audi and in 2014 edition of the 24-hour Le Mans. Uh, Studio 397 are developers behind R-Factor 2.
0: Which is owned by Motorsports Game. Yeah, so it's all
4: the same thing.
1: So there, do you think they end up
4: using this in the virtual Le Mans next year for their broadcast? I would think broadcast? so, yeah. If they exist. It's saying because I, I pulled one of the frequently asked questions here. It says, "What happens to Le Mans Virtual?" It says, "It will bring Le Mans Virtual series, the biggest racing esports series, to Le Mans Ultimate platform in the near future."
3: Let's talk about something more fun. iRacing in Victory Lane. What do you think, Greg? Uh,
4: Tyler Hudson, or Tyler D Hudson, as we know him on iRacing, uh, takes the iRacing late model. Uh, Car back to Victory Lane at Jackson Motor Speedway. Uh, There's a nice photo here. Is that off Twitter? Or is Facebook? It's off Facebook uh, of him in Victory Lane uh, in the nice iRacing colors. Love that paint. That's a great paint. It's such an iconic way of doing it, too. They always look good on the cars. real bold, red, white, and blue. Yeah, I love it.
3: Tyler's fast. He'd probably be a pro if he wasn't you know, with iRacing. Uh, he always kicks their butt when he comes in on a on the winter series.
0: Look, I want to point out. Look, he's winning in real life and dirt late model, but on the forums, this week especially. Tyler is very active right now um, talking to everybody about dirt and the dirt refresh and what's changed over what the way it used to be versus how it is now. So people that are going into forums saying this or that, he's talking back. He, I mean, he's not p- telling them they're wrong. He's telling them why he's right. He's giving them video proof. Like, like in one comment, he put up a YouTube video. It said, watch this. At this time frame, and you'll see how the car does this or that, that's what we're modeling, blah, 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 blah. And so, um, yeah, he's been really good uh, about explaining to the community what's going on with dirt, which is needed because there's so many changes.
3: All right, Donnie, next up, we have a prediction for Road to Pro round two and who's going to basically make it, I guess, into the Coke series. Yeah. Coke series
2: driver, Derek justice gives his prediction as to who makes it out of round two of the road to pro series. And he has a giant list here of who he predicts is going to be on it. And some bubble drivers. He does have Ray Alfala making it and back into the Coke series. Um, You guys notice any names? There's one guy I used to race with a decent amount of that's Matt Kemp. And he has him as a bubble driver. I think I raced with him in the truck series a few years ago.
0: Well, I want to throw out some names, uh, Boyd Hogan. I mean, we've run David, you know, him, yeah, hey, Ron, he, he, he does was a
3: lot of NIS as well. And he, he's right. not, he's not been on NIS lately or even a open actually Anthony yeah. Burroughs. He won the second race I ever
2: entered. It was a street stock race. I'm not sure if that was rookies and I don't know if we, uh, actually entered at the same time, but we, uh, he, he won the second race I ever entered on the service. I don't
3: know why I've always remembered that damn name. I've been in a and lot of I, races with Navarro and Eberhardt as well.
0: And then a blast from the past, Kenny Humpy, uh, former Coke champion, uh, trying to get back into the Coke series after I don't know how many years he's been gone. But Kenny Humpy is, uh, man, he's fast. He's, no, he's uh, been around
4: forever.
0: Oh, yeah. Pretty cool.
3: All right. We really basically covered this next one, right? Do we need to hit this one no, again? Th-
0: no, this is, yeah, I think we need to talk about this. I'll take it. But Greg West did put up some, uh, what he calls season updates. Um, he wanted to point out that with the Dirt refresh, the 410 sprint and the Dirt super late has now made the switch from fixed to open. Uh, in road, don't forget, we have the new series debuting, the Rikmotech Ringmeister. It'll run every two hours on the odd hour. Um, and I'll be running this if I own the car. Remember, it's going to change the car every week at the Nord. Yeah, I bought a couple cars, Mike, just to get myself
2: up to eight. And I've been working on paint schemes for them. But I plan on running at least eight weeks of this one. So actually, I'm pretty excited about it.
0: I am too. I'm, I'm going to step back from Gen 4. And instead of running Gen 4, I'm going to run this, basically. Uh, the other thing he mentioned is... Beginning our new venture into the LMP3 class with a L- Ligier. uh, This car will debut in, a two series, in two series on the service. The GT4 Falcon Tire Challenge has been rebranded as the Falcon Tire Sports Car Challenge. And we will see the GT4 class running with the LMP3s.
2: Yeah, this one actually caught me a little bit off guard because I am running the GT4 series as a secondary. And uh, so the fixed GT4 race will only be GT4s and the open uh, series will be the combined uh sports car challenge. Uh, and I think that'll be the same with the LMP3 so the LMP3 fixed race will be just LMP3s and then the open will be in the the sports uh, car challenge. So it's going to mimic the 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 uh IMSA series that they have
0: going on. The Ligier will be in the LMP3 Turn Racing Trophy Fixed Series. Uh now that interests me. I love running like these little short, you know, fixed races and road Yeah, it should be 15-minute races for the fixed series. Uh, Keeping with prototypes, the Cadillac GTP will debut in IMSA, as well as European Sprint Pure Driving School Series and Global Endurance Pure Driving School Series, as well as the Watkins Glen Six Hours. Okay, I think that's all I wanted to say there. And then I'll cover the next one real quick, and that's just the Season 3 schedule has been released in PDF form if you want to know about the next 12 weeks and what's uh, coming up well this is where you find it
3: now this is interesting the um i'm trying to find it if they're going to the 24 hours in the uh, european endurance racing again it oh so not, we can run it does not show up in class a anymore so the six hour version is not in class a so i'm trying to find if it's over in class c down in the road, road section
0: wasn't it a deal they changed it mid season so they didn't even have to publish it?
3: No, they changed. They always have just been doing it during C- season three. Global Endurance Pure Driving School Series. Yep. That's it. So they are switching it to the 24 uh, hour series again. It's going to be at Nurburgring, Monza, Spa, Indy, Ugh. Uh, Le Mans, and Road America. So when's Le Mans? The unofficial, or the just just the part of the season, Le 24-hour race is August 18th, the week starting August 18th. So we're already starting well, school go. then.
0: It's too bad we can't have it at the same time as the real race, or at least the week before or the week after, you know, to have some kind of timely fashion. I guess they, they push it into August on purpose, right, to try to distance themselves from there from the current event
3: well the first time th- this all went down was well when iRacing was already in season two when when they found out they basically were going to have to lose or i think it was coming into season two that they found out they were going to have to lose it and then at some point during season two they came up with the idea of just converting the endurance season over so that, that's kind of the timing is that of timing is how it's become traditionally kind of season but it gives them a little bit of extra cover that it is so far away from and the majors has also been able to do their hosted race with the broadcast and everything because they're their the contract just doesn't cover that
0: yeah I don't know how popular this will be you know considering how the majors went and the timing of it and everything it gets buried in the schedule you know people don't know about it it's not publicized.
3: Well, there's a there's a big community that already runs the six hour version, so I, w- I wouldn't mind trying the Spa and the Road America if, and getting another shot at Le Mans as well. I'll tell you more about what, that later. So, Greg, or yeah, Greg, what's this uh, season wrap ups? So Mike was trying this, weren't you, the other day on the
4: phone? You were trying to show us this new thing that they've added into the. Is this part of the app?
0: That, oh, it's an email. Yeah, the email. Everyone it's got email. an
4: email. Oh, it's email. I haven't even looked at it.
0: Yeah, every member got an email, and you can download the graphic, which basically shows your Season 2 stats. So
2: Interesting. Re- re- remind me, Mike, how many starts did you have? I just looked at mine.
0: Oh, I'd have to look again, but it wasn't much. Now, the reason is is it doesn't include NIS. Oh, wow. Because okay. NIS is tied to, t- to Season 1 officially. And so... My, I replied on the Twitter to iRacing, and the first thing I said is, man, it'd be nice if this little stat, if you could somehow include the NIS, uh, because it looks pretty stark when you look at mine, and I've been racing a lot.
2: Yeah, I only have 42 non-NIS starts, I guess. I guess that's actually quite a bit than I thought. I didn't know I raced that much outside of NIS.
4: <laughs> Who Do you guys want to know what mine says? Zero? Yeah. One race start. Started eighth, finished third. I only it was twenty three laps. I don't know what it was that I raced. Probably forty four starts.
3: Probably uh, uh, Coda.
0: Yeah, I ran. Been. You know, I've been running Gen Four. I've been running road stuff. So I have forty four starts. Average start twelfth. Average finish twelfth. Uh, One thousand nine hundred forty seven laps. I
3: have uh, sixty nine starts. Eleventh, eleventh, and eleventh on the finish. Three wins and twenty-two top fives. How many starts? Sixty-nine. Nice.
0: So, yeah, iRacing. Let's have. Come on, you you have a bunch of developers there and engineers and smart people. There should be a way to you know finagle it where you can include the NIS stats with the season two stats somehow.
3: But that's that's its own season. It's it really stands apart. I think so. I don't know if I I don't know if I agree. Now we'll we get an I'd NIS like
2: to,
3: maybe we get an NIS specific one later at the end of the year. Yeah, that would be very cool. Because um it's it it is just going, you know. There's nothing other than the fact that there's a build that that splits the NIS season up. So it's it it probably should get its own thing. And this is all of these other races, I guess. It might include some of the endurance special events, but for the most part, all of these other races include your every every second hour type racing. But that is a wrap on that topic. We already talked about Motorland or didn't talk about it, but we have a tweet from it.
0: Yeah, nice little video showing off the track. It's That's your fairly typical new. European F1 style track.
1: Yeah, fairly new track. Um, was 2000- the five, I think I said it was uh, started and uh, seven different variations, all of them available on iRacing and uh, all of them have um, AI available. So that's actually pretty cool. We,
2: we always get wrong what race is there. So I'm just going to assume MotoGP GP races there uh, since that seems to be the answer for all the other tracks that came out that
1: isn't too popular. It is. It is, uh, does do MotoGP.
3: You're right. And the next question that comes up, Brian, is which beast to buy?
1: Yeah, this is uh, came from a YouTube video from TC Sim Racing, and it's asking you guys, so which beast should you buy out of the new three cars that came out in this build? You know the uh, the Cadillac, the Porsche, the the What is it? I don't know, man. Ligier. On that, that sounds good, Ligier. Um, so yeah, so you guys kind of already talked a little bit about which ones you would, you would get. Um, I think if I were to get one of these three, I'd lean towards the Cadillac.
0: Yeah, me too. It's actually TP sim racing. And he is a listener that, uh, often post in our discord, Tim Perry. Uh, so he's got a nice little YouTube channel. Uh, I enjoyed listening to his, um, discussion as he taught as he drove these three cars telling telling us you know what he thought and i did share a lot of those thoughts earlier in the show
3: all right i definitely think mike needs to give us the picture on this next topic
0: (laughs) well i've been talking about it for a couple weeks now i decided to spend 160 dollars at a local shop uh, artist uh, person to get a laser printed picture on wood of my iRacers Lounge next gen, uh, car, gen seven car. And, uh, I posted up on the socials, uh, some, some uh, short video of it getting printed. Uh, I sent you guys some pictures in the discord and, uh, on the messenger of the finished product. I just picked it up last night and uh, man, I love it. It's huge. It's huge. I can't believe how big it is, and it looks really good. I mean, if you get up really close to it, you can see where the white ink kind of got smeared just a little bit in little spots here and there, but, but that's only if you're really nitpicky. I mean, if you stand back and to look at it as a whole, it looks very precise, um, very colorful, uh, deep colors. I can't thank Bobby Jonas from uh, SIM Raps enough uh, for his work on this. He came up with the artwork uh, all on his own um, and he did a fantastic job. I mean, he rendered this thing an eight K resolution and I was able to deliver that same eight K resolution picture to the artist who dumped it into her laser printer and printed it for me. And, you know, everyone talks about SIM rigs and equipment and stuff but I think this is another piece of it. It's been too long for me to get something like this. I think something to put in my office, to decorate room, to give it some color. Uh, it, you know, I got a little light I'm shining on it too, to make it even stand out more. So, I mean, what do you guys think? How, how did it look?
2: It looks great, man. I'm rarely jealous of people and what they what they get, but I'm actually pretty jealous of that print. So now I'm gonna have to find something of my my own and, and make it, cause I, I thought it looked really, really good.
4: I like the video you shared late last night, Mike, where you kind of entered your room and showed how you kind of had it displayed with everything else.
0: Yeah, I haven't hung it on the wall. It's like fifty pounds. It's very heavy. Um, I got to find two studs and all that, but I have it just kind of propped against the wall, sitting on a a table. Uh, But yeah, I mean it's great. Um, I, you know, my advice, Donnie, is get a professional to do the artwork because the artwork that I had put together myself. Uh, on the day I was going to do this was crap compared to what uh, Bobby came up with. It was unbelievable how much different it looked. Um, And so I probably would have printed my crap picture and probably not been happy with it. But uh, again, uh, you know, Bobby put together a really neat uh, piece of work and, and I love it. I mean, it's got the NASCAR logo, you know, and I, and I don't want to put it out really on socials and get the cease and desist and all this crap, you know, because I'm recreating their logo. So I'm not really putting it out there. If you guys want to see it, you can see the pictures on our discord. Um, but, uh, it's for, you know, personal one-time use. I'm not reselling it or anything like that. Got the iRacers Lounge podcast in one corner and in the other corner, it's got the eNASCAR, uh, or NASCAR iRacing logo. So pretty cool.
2: I'd tell them to come get it if you're that worried about it. Come and get it. Right.
1: Did did the artist have any qualms about uh, any kind of copyright issues or anything?
0: Not at all, no.
2: Did she know what NASCAR was?
0: Barely. (laughs) I mean, she knew enough to call the order the NASCAR order. Nice. As far as she knew, it was a real NASCAR, not a, a pretend race car, as they call it. I had to kind of explain that.
2: Chris, nothing pretend about it. Come on.
0: I told Bobby, I think the next thing I want to do is get him to sign it like an artist, like with a Sharpie in the corner. Why not?
1: Well, the value will go skyrocketing after that. That's for sure.
0: Look, uh, digital art is hard. I mean, like I said, I tried it. I was doing it on my own and it sucked. My output was, was horrible. I mean... Got these really cool motion blurs and different things going, and it was still crap to, compared to what he put together. So, yeah, kudos to Bobby. I couldn't have done it without him. But I really like it. Uh, my family is like blown away. I'm like, wow, that thing really stands out.
2: Yeah, we still have good links down in the description, right, for Bobby. If somebody sees this and they they they're interested, they can uh, get it get a hold of him, right. Simraps. Well, that's the thing i mean
0: you, you got to go to Simraps. you got to get the artwork in in your hand and then you got to find somebody who has one of these laser printers now you now the lady i used I, i'll tell her I'll tell you now it's qbhome.com like queen Bee home and uh she will ship them she will print these and ship them all over the world she normally prints portraits of people and dogs and so i'm the first person who's came to her with some sports-related uh, uh, printing.
3: All right, let's talk some events real quick. The next major event coming up is the iRacing Washington 6-Hour that's presented by VCO. Standard start times, standard license. have got to have D4.0 Road. Uh, the session start time in rate in game in sim is going to be 10 a.m warm up 30 minutes race is six hours it's attached qualifying dynamic weather splits by i rating um and it is a team event two to 16 drivers with a fair share rule the third the stop and go limit is 35 this time and then every 20 after that There's no DQ, field size is 50, and it's the standard Emsa cars, including now the Cadillac 5 Series.
0: What's it not including, though, David? Everybody in the forums squeaking about this, no LMP3. And apparently even the real uh, six hours of Glenn includes an LMP3, but we don't have an LMP3. And I've said, like I said, I saw several people squawking about that.
3: Well, to do that, they'd have to either go up to 10 cars or cut one of the GTD cars. Um, and it's not its not game-breaking because LMP3 is going away from the top series anyway. There will be no LMP3s at all in the field next year at Daytona. Yeah, I'll be
2: running this, uh, the Mercedes with my son. It's kind of cool that it's Father's Day weekend, is it? Or is it not? It might next
3: be next week. Next weekend's
4: Father's Day weekend. Okay.
2: This isn't this weekend, though. This is a couple weeks, right? Yeah. I
3: never announced the time, did I? I think it's the
0: 17th, or at least that's when we're running. That's Father's Day you weekend. The day next 15, weekend,
2: right? 18. Yeah. 16 through 18. Yeah. So that's, I'll use that, uh, actually. My wife doesn't care what I do.
1: But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to like, eh, that's how
2: I can sell it. I mean, the boy are going to race on Father's Day weekend, but no. Uh, it should be good. He hasn't driven the
3: car around the track yet, but, uh, I think you'll be all right. You definitely don't have to worry about getting bitch chat about not doing family time. If you're I racing with your son, I mean that you've got it, the best of both worlds there. Exactly.
2: And she's going to Seattle this weekend, leaving us all alone. So, you know, tit for tat, I guess.
3: All right. Uh, Mike, the next, the uh, last topic I'll let you take, cause it's kind of, you're planning on running it.
0: Yeah. In reference to the Nürburgring endurance championship, Greg West did post in the forums this week um, about the opportunity to add a ninth car to the lineup uh, due to the changes in the build. Um, the most popular request was to add the Hyundai Elantra, and that was our first thought as well. But due to some technical complications, we will not, unfortunately not be able to add that car this season. So in short, the Audi RS3 LMS and NEC exist as its own class by itself. So we are unable to add an additional car to a single class class, as it would impact all instances where the Audi has been used by itself service-wide. However, if we were able to replace the Audi class with a new touring class, it would invalidate all results so far this season with the Audi. But we cannot add the Hyundai this season, rest assured we'll include it in next year's installment. Is that because of damage model or what? I haven't quite figured that out, but yeah.
3: That's a good guess.
0: Podcast housekeeping. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us. Mention the uh, podcast to your fellow drivers so you don't miss out. We do appreciate it. Check out our Discord. If you're on the Discord, you would have seen the pictures of my new painting. Uh, Don't forget to go to our website as well and check out the show notes. We're in regular rotation at the Performance Motorsports Network.
3: All right, Brian, it's time to talk fantasy. And I'm going to start off by saying that my fantasy is to actually one week make the top 10.
1: All right, well, let's see how we did. Um, winning the week at Gateway was uh, Mason Rayson, um, 265 points, a really solid point uh, day for Mason. Um, he actually is in the lead overall in the uh, series, series here um, over Canadrian. He's in second place right now. Um, let's see. Uh, looks like, uh, speaking of Bobby Jonas, he uh, finished uh, ninth this week. Uh, good job from him. Tony Groves finished 12th. Uh, Steve Allen finished 15th. So um, not too bad for some of us guys. Uh, like I said, Mason Racing is still holding a, a pretty good lead over Knadrian in the overall um, lead, overall uh, points total there. And uh, Spikerman uh, is the only one of us in the top 10 in the uh, overall points so far. So Donnie's still good there.
2: Yeah, this week was up and down. I think Bobby was leading the race quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, my pickems didn't turn out too well. I, my, uh, my lineup finished pretty well. I think my worst finishing guy in the lineup was Almondinger. I think he finished
0: 14th. Now, I said I, I'm 43rd for the week, but I, I have Kyle Busch in my pick, so I'm a little confused. Well, it's the other
4: four guys that you picked. I see. Was Kyle Busch in the garage?
1: yeah i was gonna no. say he was in my garage so hold on i'll I was, find uh, out who you picked
0: yeah I, had I chase I, briscoe brad larson and harvick you had chase briscoe yeah
1: okay i was gonna that's chase elliott <laughs> that would have been a bad pick
0: all right and then where do they go next week or this week
1: what's that sonoma coming up is that right sonoma so we got to get what our road like course there? guys in there. Yeah.
3: AJ. Allen is good at road courses.
4: Well, also so, think, uh, is it Brad versus, uh, William Byron for the, uh, the fantasy bracket. Yeah. I think Byron will be really, uh, he's really good at Sonoma. You know, that whole
2: thing
1: started Gosh, out thanks. pretty
2: awesome. And then it kind of petered out and then it came back to life this week. So do you think
4: it petered out because of what happened with, like some of the stuff that's gone on the last couple of weeks, but yeah, most likely too much to cover. We got to talk about
2: TV ratings too. You got to squeeze that in. Got to squeeze TV ratings in before you squeeze anything fun in.
4: It also is a fantasy type one. Like it's not, it's not like a thing like where NASCAR is putting it on. There's money on the line or anything. It's just someone doing it, right?
1: Yeah, it's all
4: unofficial, but still fun nonetheless.
1: Maybe uh, somebody like Mel Suarez, who's won here before, that might not be a bad pick. I'd like Syndrich to finally do something. Uh, he came up
2: with this road course guy mentality and and everything, but he hasn't really, other than Daytona. Well, we know he can turn left
4: into somebody, I don't know, but did he? I mean, two podcasts that are uh, heavy against turning left on things seem to think so this week. I know I know camera can skew reality,
2: but just watching it like from I thought
4: he was entering the corner.
2: Yeah. I mean, he obviously didn't make a sharp turn left. And it looks like he made his gradual turn into the corner while Austin was coming up to catch his arc. And I don't understand
3: why it's so difficult to wrap your head around it. Well, they suspended Chase. They didn't suspend him. And they've got the telemetry. They didn't even they didn't even say anything on it either. They, they said they were yeah, actually, look at it. They came out and said they will not at some point they came out and were quoted as saying they will not suspend them. Did they? I didn't see any of that announcement.
4: That, yeah, that was right Tuesday.
3: Down. Tuesday they said that. Okay. So there's they obviously
4: don't see anything malicious. Yeah, even the eyeball test wasn't funky.
2: Even though thinking when it happened, I was like, oh crap, here we go. But yeah I mean just as it happened in real time or the replay we saw shortly after it didn't even like when Chase did you like immediately thought in your head like oh crap that wasn't good unless you're a Chase
4: fan then nothing is right in the world
2: <laughs> nothing
4: happened bad I, I'm wondering where that guy is on TikTok that soaks himself in uh, Coca-Cola or Pepsi or whatever and where he's been the last couple of weeks he went quiet did he crying himself to sleep
2: my brother's uh, one of those Chase fans that I mentioned earlier in the group chat this week, but uh, yeah, he's uh yeah, it, it's interesting.
1: So yeah, so uh, road courses are fun for fantasy because uh, it opens up a lot more possibilities and a lot more drivers than what you would normally consider. So um, yeah, get your picks in. It's going to be a fun and, week,
2: and it'll be an organic race. People are probably going to complain because there's not enough cautions, but um, yeah, no more stages this weekend. Living large or strapped
4: for cash, it's all good at Metro Ford Chicago. Metro Ford delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Good credit, no credit, doesn't matter. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit emetroford.com or call the owner, Patrick Milligan, 773-983-3166. Metro Ford
3: of Chicago, serving Chicagoland and beyond for over 30 Will this computer run iRacing?
0: Not now. All
3: right, let's hit the hardware software sponsored by Metro Ford of Chicago. First up, we have the VPG SIM VPF 75. Take it over, Mike.
0: Boy, this wheel. Carbon fiber front plate, injected molded grips. An aluminum and carbon fiber back cover. This wheel offers unrivaled performance and quality. 12 Elma encoders, 12 APM 65 in switches, three toggles, magnetic shifter, single hall sensor clutch, and a screen. Fully SimHub compatible. This thing's a beauty. Now, VPG has always had some some great wheels, and this one is certainly one of them.
3: Yeah, the button layout, I think, is one of the nicest button layouts I've, I've seen. It, as many of these wheels as we've been seeing every week, this one kind of stands out to me. Yeah, it looks like
2: on each thumb grip you could access one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine buttons
3: and switches. So it's actually pretty good on each hand. And it's uh, the six rotary knobs is pretty, pretty top as well, and you don't usually see toggles on a wheel. It does look like a whole lot. I'm sitting here thinking what I would map,
2: and I guess you could just map whatever you want to this thing, and you'd be just fine.
0: Now they're based out of the UK, and there's no price yet on their website for this particular unit.
3: When you get into the heavy, the higher, like what am I trying to say, the more complicated sports cars or F1 cars, you have you can change your roll bar on the fly, both your front and rear. You can change your traction control settings on the fly. Obviously, your brake bias. Um, uh, you can change your fuel or your hybrid setting, how aggressive the battery is. There's a whole lot of things that you can change. So, and you, some of those are particularly good to set on the rotary knobs because they're designed to only have about 12 settings. Like the traction control really never goes past 12. So you can kind of almost memorize where where three is or six is by feel or sight.
0: Yeah, looking at their other wheels, I mean, this looks to be a new version of one of those. I mean, the pricing ranges, but it looks to be most similar to their $1,500 Euro wheel. They have another one at 2,000 Euros as well. So it might fit into that category. I don't know.
3: All right. Next up, we have an Instagram post featuring some new software from Huskinville. It's called Smart Control Live. Tell us a little bit about it, Donnie
2: smart control live is an innovative software tool to adjust your controller settings to your own preference while driving your settings your profiles instantly who of you has already tested smart control live so this is for the heiskenfeld pedals i'm i'm curious if you can use it for some another brand of pedal um but yeah no it's um it's a great tool to have i know we have it on our end for with the pedals we use uh, and it's always come in handy, but yeah, uh, Heiskenfeld. I don't know how long smart control has been around or if it's something that's just coming out, but if you have a Heiskenfeld set, I'd give this a try.
3: Being able to adjust your throttle and brake curve is really, really useful. And I even back in the R factor days, a long time ago, used to have a setting where my wheel was more sit, was, a uh, more finessed in the middle and more sensitive on the outside. So I had a lot of play in the middle, but I could still turn the. Ho- I didn't have to turn the wheel as far to make a really really sharp turn. I haven't seen anything that actually does that with any of the direct drive wheels, where you can actually make your middle have ha- have a higher resolution.
0: Yeah, pretty neat uh, software. Like you said, you can set the uh, different profiles with different curves, and then you have instant profile switching. Instead so, for like example, a, uh, he has like three presets: 90? default GT3 and endurance.
3: Well, that's just clicking a button. That's kind of funny that they 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 boast that. All right, next up, Brian. We've got a button box. I think we lost Brian, didn't we? He's frozen. Well, the button box is a GTR
2: carbon fiber button box, and it's from uh, Racebox Sim. They posted this to their Twitter account. It's um, got a billet aluminum brake bias knob, three rotary encoders, five LED illuminated push button, aluminum housing with black bezel, two momentary toggle switches, uh, one latching toggle switch with a red cover, and a label sheet comes included. What do you guys think of the design?
0: Well, I really think this is probably the best Steam Deck button box we've seen yet um because you got the steam deck up in the corner but you got your traditional button box stuff kind of around it as well so you're not compromising on giving up hey i want a, a flip up ignition and a couple toggles and some twisters but i also want a steam deck and so you you put them all in one package it's great
2: yeah i'm just a little thrown off by the design of tad i like clean lines and symmetrical looking designs but i i guess they're trying to go for a specific aesthetic here with the gtr naming so something you might find in a gt car so give them credit for that but just a little like the the left side of the box why does it have to have the, the curve thing? yeah yeah but other than that i mean I, I get what you're saying too um with the stream deck and having all the other options as well this is probably one of the better ones
0: look if you're if you want a stream deck it's silly to get a stream deck without one of these kind of enhancement boxes, I'll call it, that enhances it, you know, by giving you additional buttons and this and that, or a nice, you know, carbon fiber look. I like the look of it. It doesn't look too deep either. Um, Not sure. I like the fact that the USB cord goes out the side of it where it's very visual. And so that's for sale at uh, racebox.sim is what they're called.
3: All right. Next up, Apple vision or Apple has put out a, uh, overpriced VR. No, I'm not biased for AR, 35 VR. Did I say AR?
0: You said VR, but it's more yeah, than VR. it's an AR VR.
3: Yeah. Oh, AR, okay. Okay. Um, and they, they finished the reveal. I really actually don't know any t- details about it, but there's nothing was said about the use, using it with, with PC VR. And so it, probably won't be useful for iRacing. But if you want to watch movies on a plane using the VR headset with the best displays available, this might be it. Um, Apple's never going to do anything that's really that compatible with PC. They they like everything being kept in-house. They're getting some
2: amazing charging cables coming soon, I heard.
0: So, (laughs) go ahead, Mike. Part of the announcement was Apple is also releasing tools that are making it easier for game production teams to use PCs to compile games developed on Windows uh, for Mac OS and other Apple operating systems. So is they're releasing the goggles, but they're also releasing new tools to be able to port games to it. And so they basically said any PC game can be ported to this. So that's what the forum post in the forums is about that they're talking about. Hey, iRacing, it says, if you're listening, please develop a version for Apple's vision pro your VR users will love you. And I think you will likely see significant growth, new users. iRacing in 3d at Apple's level of quality is a very compelling use case. Someone is going to build racing for Apple vision pro. And I hope it is iRacing
4: at $3,500. Are they going to, Are you going to have that many people that are going to need this ability? Unfortunately, they're not going to need it, but they're going
2: to get it because that's what they do. They're going to be wrapped around some building somewhere, spending way too much money on this VR headset.
4: (laughs) I I found it funny how the internet, when this stuff was coming out for iRacing, talking about it, they were showing memes of... uh, uh, the goggles looking like what De- the Intimidators goggles used to be like when he was racing.
0: They kind of look like it, yeah.
1: Very I true. watched the whole,
0: I watched the whole Apple uh, announcement, and these are some high quality uh, VR AR. I mean, the the size of it for one, it's small. It looks comfortable. I'm told it's heavy though, so, but the quality is. Out the roof, you know, 4K in front of each each eye.
3: So there's 4K inside the goggles
0: per eye, and so the the quality is is out over the over the top quality, and then with the crown right at the top, you can twist it and it will dial in real reality with whatever you're watching or playing. So like if you turn it all one way, you're just playing eye racing and you see nothing else. But if you twist the crown, you'll start seeing the room around you and and the, the goggles will go transparent where people can see your eyes through the goggles. So like if somebody walks in the room, your game can go transparent a little bit and you can have a conversation with the person in the room. They can see you, you can see them. So that's the AR part of it
4: so this kind of just like is a different way of you can uh it's you know a monitor in your that you're wearing on your head that uh you can you know still have you know do things in the outside world like watching tv or something and being still able to play a game yeah basically mike
3: Mike would be able to find his chocolates while he's racing
4: or uh, i mean (laughs) or If somebody puts one of these in their car or they're able to drive while they're video gaming.
0: Well, you know, a part of why I want to talk about this product, even though it's not specific for iRacing is this is the future of VR and iRacing, I think five, 10 years from now, all the products are going to have AR integration where you're in the race, you're in VR, you're racing. And, oh, you know what? I need to look at the button box. You twist the little knob, and you, now you can see outside your goggles a little bit to see your button box.
3: All right, Brian, let's check your connection again. Uh, how about this next video from last Time? All right, so um,
1: this is a YouTube video from a, a guy channel called Lapsed Time, and he does 3D printing. And in this episode, he does some 3D printing for sim racing. He is a sim racer, so he's uh, so he creates some things with a 3D printer for uh, for um, for a sim racing. Um, the first thing was a uh, a um, extension for his uh, paddle shift. Um, so uh, done that, he did a. a little dashboard that you can use for a uh, button box and stuff like that so he, uh, he he shows you gives you links for some of the stuff that he's building um if you are uh, doing it yourself uh it's pretty cool uh, need a uh, thing he did here for those who have 3D printing capability
0: yeah check out 417 mark um he, he he designed a a strain relief for his vr for the cable um that attaches to the seat near his head. So, you know, he doesn't get tangled up in the cable or it doesn't yank on his head and that kind of thing. Just little stuff like that is pretty cool. Uh, he had a wheel mount as well that he, he took a, a regular wheel mount, uh, and, and kind of modified it to the way he wanted it. A neat video that gives you some ideas on maybe I can use 3d printing to enhance my sim racing experience. I mean, what do I have 3D printed? I got the uh, wind sim parts. All the parts for the wind sim are 3D printed. Uh, Donnie, you gave me a little wheel mount uh, to put my extra wheel on my upright. That was 3D printed.
2: What about that emergency stop? Did you use it for that?
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Got that too.
3: All right. Let's get at least one more in. Donnie, SimCube Active Pedals, long-term review from Bill Ford. I
2: apologize, Mike. I did not get this one in. Uh, were you able to watch it?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I certainly did, uh, parts of it anyway. Um, Will is giddy, like a candy, a kid in a candy shop with these babies. Um, I mean, for him, he actually said they made him faster in cars that had ABS because he, with the with the active pedal, he can really find that spot right before the pet, the pedal goes into ABS, and that has actually made him faster on cars without a with ABS, but with cars without ABS, he didn't find that they really made a difference. Uh, I mean, what else can I say? I mean, the fact that you can get that three hundred dollar and something uh, throttle pedal now to go with the brake to make it a much more affordable. I think is a game changer uh, on, on you know, is this for everybody or not? Um, that really opens up the possibility for, for people like, like a Brian McCubbin that maybe consider these. What do you think, Brian?
1: Yeah, maybe I'll think about it once uh once my current pedals start to go down. Um, but, yeah, one of the things he did say was that, um you know, he would not recommend stretching your budget for it. It's not that that important to to pay that kind of money to stretch your budget. You know, if you can afford it, he says it's the best pedals he's ever had. So he gives a really good endorsement for it, but keeping in mind the expense of it and how it could be a how 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 much of a burden it could be for somebody who who can't really afford it to do it. You know? So um but he he did have a lot of great things to say about it well, some of the shortcomings were that he thought were in it were more related on the actual sim and not the pedals like the sim doesn't um doesn't kind of uh emulate the uh, the wear of the pedal as uh you know as fluid heats up and 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 different changes in the pedal as it goes cuz it's just not in the sim software I think that could that could be a really cool into something like that.
0: Yeah, and how long will it take before David Tucker starts, you know, programming this kind of stuff into the sim? Uh, does it take another manufacturer having a similar product before they really start doing it? I don't know.
3: Well, how much of it has to be programmed, or how much of it actually just works straight up, straight off of the telemetry?
0: Good point. But like the whole, like the brake fade thing, like you you overheat the brake fluid and you start getting brake fade, that would have to be programmed into the sim. I don't think you would pull that by telemetry. Let's jump to results. NASCAR iRacing Series, let's finish off Gateway Friday open, I ran P22, a pretty horrible race. I kept getting run over and involved in other people's messes. Got the drive-through penalty with about five to go and it ruined my race. I was driving uh, with seven minutes damage, but was just as fast as the other cars. Greg, you got wrecked out.
4: I was... Did not enjoy that race i was not prepared i did not like the setup i just don't like that track for some reason i just have never done it i just don't haven't spent enough time on it and i just shouldn't have raced it but uh you live and you learn
0: we don't have tony's result but i think he did the same thing he wrecked out he didn't like it david rage quit
3: Pretty much, I was getting knocked around like a like a uh, baseball, you know, just constantly getting hit. Finally, ended up with with a drive-through penalty from from r- running into other people's wrecks. Um, and then in the process of serving that, I got an unsafe exit, and so then I just pulled into the pits and and ended. It's amazing how fast you can accumulate that stuff. It's it's, it's a, like a, It acts like a big sort track where that track races, especially in turn one and two. And you end up with a lot of conflicts. Like some of the contact was at Gateway. Turn one and two, the preferred line is the second lane. So if you're the inside car, you're going to the second lane. You're not going to go to the inside lane because somebody's on your outside. And there was constantly people just, just uh, coming down and dooring you saying uh you gotta run the inside lane nope and then on top of that people were really bad about die bombing turn three
0: yeah, i keep getting run over from behind because i wasn't breaking like everyone else was break i was really going in easy and coming off hard and but i would get run over all right sunday open donnie p11
2: yeah, P11 qualified on pole. Well, this was uh, the first race I've I've ever ran where I basically built my own set all week. Um, so I was kind of happy with that. I got Black Flag running um, pitting for passing under yellow. That's such a tight radius for your pit entry as opposed to the cars out on track. Completely uh, misjudged that and got caught up in that. Had to stay out. Got um, How to lap down, how to get uh, the wave around later on the race and then... Probably at a decent top three or four, but I wasn't going to beat the leader regardless. So uh, overall, I was happy with it.
0: All right, Greg P8. That's old. I didn't race Sunday. Oh, that's right. Okay, then David, you had a tire strategy problem.
3: Yeah, I was. I've you know I've been on this horrible streak. I've basically lost a thousand I rating in the last two weeks. You know, not not a few hundred, a thousand. Um, and was finally thinking that it's all going to work out. We're on. We're on. We have this long run. Um, all the guys who didn't pit have fallen behind us, and uh, I'm in like ninth. And some lap car allegedly intentionally wrecks. I I never ended up going and looking at the replay. Um, with ten laps to go, so all those guys with the fresh tires get to pit. And um, they're basically uh, running over us at the end and spin me out. Uh, And at that point, yeah, just continued stupid ass luck. Right.
0: Uh, Wednesday open Sonoma. Tony Rochette wrecked out. I ran P8. Great run. On the first lap, I went from P16 to P10. I basically kept it from there. Fuel only race. No mistakes were made. I will take it greg p3
4: yeah i I think i started p7 in this um i kind of just started putting down laps um i made a one little bit of a setup tweak to it and the car kind of took off for me in the race and just kept driving not making any mistakes and uh ended up p3 i just (laughs) like everyone else was just making mistakes i made a couple passes but nothing I, I call it uneventful it was it was just staying on the track and i, I had nothing for the other two the, the two leaders I was about 13 seconds behind second and first place he he lapped everybody are you guys pitting it halfway or
2: running it empty and taking tires empty do you take tires yeah. when you pit then no
4: no, no no tires i made it with oh well, you want to need to feel right, right 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 i think i made it with 12 i had 12 laps left it should be 12. My
0: fastest lap times were at the end of the race on old tires.
4: Yep. Yeah. We were talking about that because I, I was just just outside the 14s and you said you had made yourself into a low 16, Mike, by the end of the yep. race. Yep.
0: I was running 18s and 17s mostly, but by the end I could get it down to 16s. Tom Dryling ran with you. He was a P6 while I was a P8, so he just edging me on the points just barely. I'm barely holding a lead in the
4: in the points with, uh, over Tom. Kyle I was in my range. Hold on, Mike. I don't think Tom's was sixth. I think he was worse. He wasn't as good. I think it was 16th maybe. Oh, okay. He he wasn't. He was in some. I don't know. There was something going on in the pack. He was in for a while there, but uh, I could be wrong. All
0: right. Kyle Pendygraff ran with me. He went off multiple times, even had a drive-through penalty, and finished 15th. I mean, one of the times I witnessed, because I, I know Kyle's faster than me, so I let him go uh, right in turn one, uh, going up the hill. And and he's mixing it up with the guy in front of him, and, and sure, sure enough, at the top of the hill, he just went straight, went right off in the dirt, and I went right on by. And uh, But he was quick, but I uh, had too many offs. All right, Thursday open, I ran today, P4. Wow, I started 12th, got to ninth on lap one. The leaders pitted before halfway. I ran it out of fuel like the night before uh, and actually led many laps because of it. Uh, Once I pitted though, I cycled to fourth and kept there for the rest of the race. It was a great run, Uh, ran with Nick Spiker. Uh, He finished 10th. Uh, Leaders, the top three, they were some 15 seconds ahead of me uh they pitted early like they pitted when the window opened and then they didn't have to pit again and like when they pitted and came out i was leading they were nine seconds back and so i knew if i when i pitted i was they were i was gonna lose it you know they were gonna get by me so i don't know maybe the strategy greg should be to pit early instead of late
3: no they're just faster than you the only the only thing they might get out of pitting early is is uh taking a little bit longer to catch lap traffic they've, they've it, only yeah.
4: like some of the things you want to do mike when you're pitting is if you're kind of close to running it out and you're coming up on say a couple of lap cars or something that's gonna slow you down hit before you have to pass them then you kind of save your time they're, they're probably, like David said, faster than you, but you run, you, you use less tire and less, um, you know, less, it's less braking into the corners, the more you run out of fuel and take the weight out of the car, and then when you add weight back into it, you're not adding more initial, or more weight to the car uh, near the end of the race, which helps you on tires and braking distance as well.
0: Yeah, they I think you're right they just had more pace than I did I mean um, but that's okay I mean I, I kept it on track I was consistent I didn't have any offs I mean can, if you go back in the in the podcast three four or five years ago and ask me about my Sonoma race I was finishing 20th to 30th I had many many offs I several times I would go off track if, if, if any and so I really think I've turned around my road course driving since I bought this cube control wheel. Um, well, and I yeah, think the well results more racing too. Yeah, yeah, the results prove it. So great top five. I'll take it. Uh, hopefully I can outpoint Tom this week.
4: Yeah Tom, I did look Mike and my results. He finished 16th. All right.
0: Knock on wood, I'll keep going. Uh, Moving on to other results. I ran the FIA F4 at Watkins Glen. Started ninth out of 17. No practice. I just jumped in this thing fresh. I got to P7 by the end of lap one from seven, uh, yeah. Started ninth to P7, that's right. And uh, eventually I ended up at uh, having a good run. Uh, A great race for no practice, Uh, finished seventh. Then I, uh, Donnie, you ran week 13, figure eight.
2: Yeah. I mentioned that earlier in the show. Uh, first time I've done it. Um, whole lot of fun. Hopefully I can get a couple more in this week. It's, uh, it's the gen four car and the late model stock car. I think you actually are faster in the late model stock around that tight course. Uh, so I'll give it a go a couple more times
0: this weekend. All right. Other racing. I ran, uh, Daytona prototype at Daytona started 19th. Um, finished P3, then Gen 4 at New Atlanta, total shit show. I showed you guys some replays of this. Some of the biggest wrecks I've ever seen that I was able to drive through by driving down low to the apron and going around it. And holy cow, what a combo. I I can't tell you what a combo that is. Gen 4 at New Atlanta. I mean, a lot of fun. Then we ran 87s at Tally. I was leading on the white and I got dumped for the win. I actually called the guy out on it too. I said, look, is that how you want to win these things? Come on. Then a crazy race, a pro Mazdas and the Lotus 49s. Guess where? Bristol dirt. Yeah, you heard me. And uh, those Lotus 49s are fast on Bristol dirt. Then I ran a week 13 dirt street stock at Lakeland. Started P10, finished P9. I suck at dirt. David Majors 24.
3: So I said hey we've got this on Ace he's like three seconds faster than us uh, we qualify he qualifies with a really fast time the rest of us do do okay. We end up in split seven or eight. We end up in split eight out of 10 I think or so. Um, first lap uh, the ace starts the drive and he locks his brakes up in in the, in the Indianapolis turn 15 minutes damage first lap so i just i mean even if i'm not in the car there's some kind of curse going on right now um we go ahead and fix it and just try to run it and see if more people will die out because the car did seem to completely get back to full speed um i run i get to run one set of triples keep it fairly clean get back up to about 11th place um I, i hand the car over and head to the gym and when I get back I get a message saying we're done and LMP2 missed his breaking point and plowed into us
0: so after losing the 1000 I rating and then that to top it off right alright let's jump to final thoughts Brian McCoven
1: yeah so uh, I actually just got back from vacation so I haven't had any racing this week Um, and uh, really haven't even gotten the update done yet so i got some catching up to do. Um, looking up, looking for, not looking forward to Sonoma with the OBRL Sunday night because uh, I'm not the best at that track, but I'll give it a go. Try to stay clean, and hopefully I'll make up some points by being clean.
0: All right, great. David Hall, final thoughts?
3: I might run Sonoma Friday night, or I might not. It just depends on, on how I feel I've been enjoying the – the break i've started playing digital combat simulator which is what it's called i've been watching those youtube videos for a lot and it's a flight sim in vr it looks really cool and it'll be a nice uh change of pace uh for something else to play uh i know i won't be around sunday to race because i'm going to watch a band called Hallucine. You should check them out. They're a really good cover band who also has some awesome original stuff. They're they're on the heavy, heavier, heavier metal side. Super talented singer with a really high, really high range voice. Uh, she can hit some, some insanely high notes. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Heading over to Nashville. Message me if anybody else happens to be over in the Nashville area.
0: All right. Enjoy. Donnie Spiker, final thought.
2: Uh, not a whole lot. Haven't raced a whole bunch. We'll squeeze in Sonoma probably Friday night, maybe Sunday morning. Uh, it's week 13, so usually every 13th week I I break apart the – or not really break apart the rig, but just clean it up, make sure all the bolts and stuff are tight, clean up the computer, make sure everything's working okay in there. Um, and the wife's leaving me and the boys for Seattle this weekend, so house is all ours. See what kind of trouble we can get into. Hopefully it's uh, not too much.
0: Yeah, uh, kudos to your son Nick. I I ran with him at NIS today, and he looked respectable out there with a top ten. Well done. It's good. Sign him. All right, him. Greg Hectus.
4: Uh, just you know, it's road course week, so I love I love racing the road courses with the stock cars. So I I pretty uh, feel pretty comfortable. I know. I guess next week's an off week, isn't it? For Father's Day weekend, it'll be there's no racing this the week after, right? That's right. Oh, it's our awesome. last off week. Yeah. So, um, looking forward to getting that done, and uh, maybe I'll enjoy on the off week. Maybe uh, see where some of the road racing is. I really, I'm really interested in that Cadillac. Um, I. I didn't fall in love with the BMW when it came out. I'm really interested for the Cadillac in the IMSA series, so I'll uh, uh, probably be purchasing that and doing some, maybe some road racing. I'm not going to guarantee it, but uh, that sounds like something I'll probably do in the off week. But also trying to have something in the off off uh, I racing to do and playing some a lot of Diablo Four. So. Um, it's taken up more of my other time, so but yeah. Just glad to be back.
0: All right, my final thoughts. Oh, we're still waiting for rain. I kinda thought we'd get it by now, but looks like it's season four. Um uh, boy, if it goes longer than season four, I'm gonna be really disappointed. So we better get it next uh week thirteen, I tell you what. Uh I'm
4: also go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like it's something they start off the year with. It's just something that is the, the. the it's just, it's either, it's always got to be like the start of a season, like of a full year. With the Rolex. Yeah. The big 24 might be
0: the first big race with it, but uh, yeah. And then running this Sonoma and running really good, I'm realizing I need to qualify better if I'm really going to get better results and because my qualifying sucks and so I think that's my area of opportunity there Um, again I love my painting my wood painting I guess uh, I'll call it Uh, I can't tell you enough what it's done to my office just to get some color and some some vibe going and that kind of thing so uh, money well spent uh, can't recommend it enough for other people to try something like this. Uh, let's print your iRacing uh, car out and uh, and show it off with pride. And because uh, I am proud, I'm proud of uh, winning twice this year. I'm really proud of my 94 wins, and uh, let's go get another one. Hey, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacer's Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.